From the courtroom to the tabloids, welcome to All Rise, the podcast that lets you be the jury. We will discuss and debate provocative celebrity news stories, court cases, political controversies, crime, and other hot topics of the day. With on-the-scene correspondence, officials directly related to the issue, and a panel of guests that will leave no evidence to the imagination, All Rise swears to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Your host... Dylan Howard. It's part love story, part tragedy. The death of Hollywood's golden girl. The initial coroner's verdict, accidental death by drowning. The coroner was wrong. Did Natalie Wood jump? Did Natalie Wood slip? Was she pushed overboard? If so, by whom and why? Or was it murder? Now, for the first time, the real story is being told. It's a wild tale of forbidden affairs, twisted lies, and potentially murder. The death of the dark-eyed Hollywood beauty stunned fans around the globe, and nagging questions remain about how Natalie Wood met her end in a watery grave on Thanksgiving weekend in 1981 off California's Catalina Island. And now for the very first time, a new podcast, an original 12-part series, will premiere on the day the Doom star would have celebrated her 80th birthday. Let's take a listen at the trailer for Fatal Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. Before Jennifer Lawrence, before Reese Witherspoon, before Julia Roberts, there was Natalie Wood. She was America's sweetheart, and she was taken from us too soon. Miss Wood, a three-time Oscar nominee, was found dead shortly after dawn yesterday. She'd been with her husband, actor Robert Wagner, and another actor, Christopher Walken. In 1981, Natalie's death was ruled an accidental drowning. But nearly four decades later, mystery shrouds the events of her fatal voyage. As new facts emerge and new witnesses come forward, the only accident was the investigation itself. Now knowing the things that the new coroner has said, knowing the things that the detectives have told me, it's killing me. It's killing me. The case has been reopened. Miss Wood somehow ended up in the water and drowned. Recently, we have received information uh, which we felt was substantial, enough to make us take another look at this case. And the only person the police have named a person of interest in this case is Robert Wagner. I wish he'd grow a pair and admit what happened. You want to end all this? Then how about telling what's happened? Internationally renowned investigative journalist Dylan Howard has spent the last five years investigating Natalie's case and will be our host and guide through the series. I've investigated and written about dozens of cases in my career. And this story has it all and is every bit as monstrous as anything Hollywood scriptwriters could dream of. Dylan and his team have sifted through hundreds of pages of testimony, coroner's reports and police statements and have exclusive access to Natalie's previously unpublished memoir. 
we'll hear the most personal stories from Natalie's sister, Lana Wood, and the boat captain, Dennis Deverne, who haven't spoken publicly in years. It blows my mind that this has been swept under the rug for this many decades, but that ends now. For the first time ever, this podcast will bring together all of the evidence, old and new, and confront the toughest questions that still linger to this day. Why does Christopher Walken's account of that night differ from Wagner's? Why were so many bruises found all over Natalie's body? Did they really not search for her until hours after she went missing? Was she pushed? And if so, by whom and why? And most importantly, did her husband, Robert Wagner, have a direct hand in her death? This is Fatal Voyage, the mysterious death of Natalie Wood. That was the trailer for Fatal Voyage, the mysterious death of Natalie Wood. The series debuting on Friday, July 20. 2018, on what would have been Natalie Wood's 80th birthday. I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by somebody who is a Hollywood star in her own right and the sister of Natalie Wood, Lana Wood. Lana, thank you very much for joining me on All Rise. Uh, I'm delighted to be here. This is a case for me that has perplexed me, it has befuddled me, And it has engrossed me. As an Australian who moved to the United States in 2008, I watched as the LA County Sheriff reopened the case. And as someone who didn't grow up uh, in Hollywood or surrounded by Tinseltown, it was the first initiation into this case and into Natalie's life and her tragic demise. And I became enthralled by it. And I have been investigating this case ever since. You obviously have a point of view about what happened, and it is inconsistent with the original coroner's verdict of accidental drowning when Natalie passed away in 1981. Lana, what do you think happened? Oh, my goodness. First of all, I I would really like to state that, unbelievable as it may be, I seriously have only dealt with facts. I have not listened to suppositions or some of the bizarre stories that are floating around out there. I've only listened to what I have been told by the detectives and the new coroner's report and the fact that I know Natalie. I know her habits and I know her weaknesses and I know her strengths. And um, I believe that there was a horrible fight on board the Splendor. I think the evidence is also not just what Dennis Deverne, the captain, has said, but the broken wine bottle and the threat that was first denied by Robert Wagner and then later in another book that he wrote, he admitted to it. I think that things got out of hand. I know... Natalie can verbally push, and Natalie was very by-the-rule person. She was trying to lead her life by continuing her emotional and psychological mental growth. She did not put up with 
with a, a great deal that she felt was harmful to her. I think it just it escalated to a point where she was either struck or pushed. I don't believe that it was planned. I don't believe in any of those bizarre stories, but I I do know she would not have ended up somewhere where she would completely never ever go in a million years or certainly not go out, not dress. I mean, there's just too much that doesn't add up to who Natalie is. She was frightened of the water. She she was terrified of water, going all the way back to when I was a kid and Natalie was a teen and my mother would continually tell the story of the gypsy who told my mother's fortune in China, who said that she would have a world-famous daughter and that someone would die by drowning. It further terrified Natalie, who wasn't exactly, you know, fond of the water as it was. My mother never learned to swim either. Natalie never learned to swim. So, Lana... In all all the... Yeah. There there were three men on the boat in addition to Natalie. Dennis Deverne, the skipper. Christopher Walken, who had just been nominated for an Academy Award and was starring alongside Natalie in Brainstorm, and Robert Wagner. Do you believe that Christopher Walken or Dennis Deverne were involved in the fight with Natalie? No, absolutely not. So that means the fight was between Natalie and Robert. Well, yes, it was right off their bedroom. It was there, the the landing that everyone talks about Natalie going out on. Um was you open their doors and you step onto the landing. And it was just the two of them alone in that room. Do you have any idea what they might have been fighting about? No, not really. Um, I, I, that I would simply have to guess at. But I, I, I think Natalie was really done with, with the marriage. I really do. And, of course, this was their second marriage. This was their second marriage, yes. Why do you think she was done with it? Um, too many things. The, the continual fights, the, the sudden push that she wanted towards her career, her feeling that the kids were old enough and had been given enough of a basis where she could go off to work. It's not just RJ. It's any married couple or a couple in a relationship that are both acting. There's jealousy involved. It's particularly difficult for a man to have a wife that's doing better because, as I'm sure you'll agree with, it's it's not in your makeup at all. <laughs> you know, um, men are supposed to be the the breadwinners and and you know the uh, the care the person who takes care of everything. Not only that, Lana, I mean, Robert Wagner has admitted that he had terrible bouts of jealousy. Right. Jealousy surrounding Natalie's love interest. Right. And her co-stars. Warren Beatty is a gentleman whom was the subject of Robert's attention at one point. He even admitted in his own memoir, turning up to Warren Beatty's house with a gun. Yes. However... Having said that and having a great many people read that, 
you must also take into consideration, and I'm sorry to, to muddy things at all, that R.J. said things in his book that he was willing to say and wanted people reading it to know. As in the first one where he said there was absolutely no broken bottle, there was nothing like that, there were no arguments, everything was just peachy keen. He also printed that. Mm. So for him to go over in the other direction, also when Natalie was seeing Warren, I was living with her in the same house. It was Jan Rubini's house at the top of Tower Road. I was privy to her arguments with Warren, but I never saw RJ and Natalie, certainly. If, if she had known, she would have had him arrested. Mm. I have no doubts about that. Mm. I mean, Richard Gregson cheated on her, and she had a security for us. She threw all his things out and would not allow him on the property. Mm. One of the most fascinating things about our investigation in Fatal Voyage is that we're able to unearth Natalie Wood's unpublished memoir. And in that, she talks about her confrontation with Warren Beatty and how it was a volatile romance. Right, right. That it was, yes. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, Lana, the initial coroner's verdict was accidental death by drowning. We now know that Thomas Noguchi, who was the coroner at the time, was wrong. The LA County Sheriff's Department. By his admission as well. Yes. By his admission as well. So was this police and law enforcement misconduct? I don't know if it was misconduct, but it certainly was sloppy as hell. Mm. Um, there again, you know, back then, oh, celebrities, stars, ooh, the yacht, the this, the that, you know, um, things are forgiven and overlooked because these people cannot possibly be a part of anything like this. What do you say to those that say that boat captain Dennis Deverne is an unreliable witness because he's changed his story and on his own admission and the admission of others that were on the boat at the time, they had all been doing quaaludes? Um, he continued the story that RJ told him to tell. He then moved Dennis into his house, and Dennis remained there for quite some time. Um, this is not a sophisticated man. This is a simple, straightforward guy who also was very taken by celebrity. He continued it until he couldn't take it any longer, and he began calling me. This was long before... He wrote a book with Mari Ruli. This was before all of that. Mm -hmm. He wanted to tell people. He felt like he couldn't take it. And he blamed himself for remaining silent and not telling the truth. But he was doing what RJ told him to do. Unreliable because uh, he changed his story. Oh, so did RJ. So is he therefore unreliable as well? Well, RJ hasn't spoken to the police. There have been requests from the LA this County Sheriff's Department. Why do you think he won't talk yes. to them? My sources tell me he won't talk to them because his memory, and, and, and I'm quoting a source, is unreliable. Right. His memory, his, he has early onset memory loss, and he really doesn't yeah, want to yeah, answer those yeah. questions. What would you say to that? Right, right. 
uh, I don't swear on podcasts. <laughs> um, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. He has always refused. How long has the case been reopened? Yeah. It wasn't reopened yesterday, was it? No, it they wasn't. They went to his house. Unreliable memory, really. So you can't remember watching someone die. Uh huh. The other thing that bothers me enormously and always had is why did he not rush to her side when they found her? When they found her drowned, dead in the water, why did Dennis have to identify the body? Why didn't RJ? And why did they leave Catalina Island? So quickly. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Why was the first person he contacted Leo Ziffrin, his attorney? Paul Ziffrin. Sorry, Leo's his brother. Faulty memory. Oops. Lana. <laughs> I have one, too. No. Um, it's, you know, that's the easiest thing for everybody to say, isn't it? I mean, seriously, I don't want to think that RJ was a part of this. I don't want to. I never have wanted to. But I don't have any more choice. I no longer have a choice. When was the last time you spoke to Robert Wagner? Um, about a year ago. Um, you confronted him, right? Was, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And um, he wasn't the Robert Wagner that I knew. He was cold and removed and all dollied up to an extreme um, of course, he's always been vain, but that's the business as well. Yeah, it was dreadful. It was dreadful. I was in hysterics for the rest of the day. It was one of those times when I thought, I, damn, I wish I drank. <laughs> and and <laughs> it I think be a good thing. my understanding is in that confrontation, he, and I'm, and I'm not quoting him directly, but he was critical of you for continuing to put this case into the spotlight. How would you react to that? He doesn't want anyone to know. He doesn't want to own what he's done. I have literally said he should be a man, and that's being polite about what I've said. Well, I think and in Fatal Voyage, you say he needs to grow a pair. This is very correct. <laughs> he needs to. Do you, you think? Know, do you think? What? Do you think police should simply arrest Robert Wagner for questioning? Yes, I do. And they would love to. Why don't they? They have literally told me that. Uh, they have been stolen by the then district attorney. I don't know what's happening with it now. I haven't really spoken with Ralph in, in um, a while. And uh, Kevin had retired, the other detective. Um, so I'd, I don't know what, what the holdup is now. You know, people mustn't forget that... Other people with a great deal of money, Natalie owned vineyards, she owned buildings off of Sunset Boulevard, she owned a, a great works of art. RJ got a, a lot of money, and people with a lot of money and the power of the contact uh, are the ones who get taken care of first. They get the best seat in the restaurant. Well, I say this all the time. There are two tiers of justice. There is the criminal justice system for celebrity and there is a criminal justice system for people like you and i lana and they are two very distinct systems without question without question i ask you two more questions okay christopher walken was on the boat that night he must be yeah. somebody who could shed light on those fateful final minutes 
Um, not if he actually did what he said he did, was after RJ broke the bottle and started, and Natalie stormed off, and he said, uh, you know, I don't want to get in the middle of this, and went to his, his bunk, his room, and locked the door and went to bed. I mean, I'm sure he heard some fighting. This is not the Reverson yacht. <laughs> the Splendor is not, you know, this gigantic, um, seagoing mammoth of a boat. This is the Splendor. It was not that big. He must have heard the voices because even Dennis said they were fighting so loudly and it sounded like furniture was being thrown. Mm. It sounded, he said he was hearing noises he, that really worried him and he turned up the music so that they wouldn't be embarrassed. And I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, I, it, it's difficult to uh, come to terms with a lot of people's reactions, but I guess everybody just does the best they can at the time. For 36 years, you've carried the burden of this death. Yeah. I would like to take you back to that fateful night, 1981. Oh, if only you could. <laughs> and I would like you to walk me through, as we end this episode of All Rise, based on all the information that you have gathered, walk me right. through what you believe took place on the boat that ultimately led to Natalie being found drowned in the water. Well, the weekend did not begin um, auspiciously from the get-go. The weather was dreadful. It was pouring rain. Um, it was very windy. Um, people were saying to Natalie, why are you still going? And she said, because that, that was the plan we made and that's what we we're going to do. And um, even Natasha, her, her daughter, begged her not to go and asked if she could go. And Natalie said, no, you've made your plans and I've made my plans and we're going to honor the decisions that we've made. So um, off they went. And um, evidently the first night they were there on the island, they were not getting along. There was tension at the restaurant. There was tension afterward and evidently an argument began then because uh, Natalie spent the night on Catalina Island and she asked Dennis to stay in the room with her because she was frightened. She then in the morning, she said she wanted to leave, go back to home. And in the morning, for some reason, she changed her mind and felt that she should go back on the boat and see what's going on. And then there came that next night as well where the fighting began again. But this time it was taken to such an extreme and uh, evidently Natalie pushed the wrong buttons or was just sick and tired of what was going on. And uh, the amount and the, the number and the location of the bruises were only relatable to abuse not to bumping against a soft rubber dinghy or anything else. There was also a bruise on her throat. Evidently, the fight became physical, and she was either pushed or knocked into the water and left there. Not only left there, the evidence suggests that she was purposefully left there for a period of time. Well, of course, purposely. If you see someone go into the water, would you not go in after them? 
If you don't, it's purposeful. But what took place, Lana? I mean, you have the evidence. You know this case better than anyone. They waited right. on radioing for help to the Coast Guard. Yep. They yep. supposedly heard screams. They did. Yeah, that was uh, told by someone in... That was uh, Marilyn Wayne. And to clarify, she was a ear witness um, who said yep. that she heard commotion and said that she heard screams, which may or may not have been from somebody in the water. But the logical theory right. and the theory that police believe is that Natalie was unconscious as she hit the water. Yes, they have told me that. Yes. Mm. She was already unconscious. Lana, my final question to you. Yes. If you could say one thing to Robert Wagner, what would it be? The same thing I've always thought. Tell the truth for once and for all. Does he want to stop all this? Does he want to stop people wondering? Does he want to stop the press? Does he want to tell the truth? Lana... As I said, you've carried this for decades. It is a case that continues to haunt Hollywood, and it really is one of the more fascinating cases. And, and it just strikes me so much that if a Hollywood megastar in the vein of Natalie Wood died today, Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston, right. it would be the biggest story the world has ever seen. And for you to continue to make this a case that we continue to talk about in the search of justice is a good thing because I think everybody is in agreement that the circumstances surrounding Natalie's passing on that fateful night in 1981 off California's Catalina Island is both mysterious, chilling, and deserving of an answer once and for all. And Natalie deserves it. Lana Wood, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Fatal Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. It debuts on Friday, July 2018. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's investigators disclosing some stunning new clues and evidence in their first in-depth interview since reopening the investigation into the drowning death of this iconic actress. Fatal Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood is a podcast you will not want to miss. This Friday, shedding new light... On the night, Hollywood's leading lady went missing during the evening of November 28, 1981. I'm Dylan Howard. Join me on Fatal Voyage and join me next week for another episode of All Rise. This has been All Rise Season 1, Episode 10.